Peace, Chai. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Or should I say aloha? Oh. Uh, mm. <laughs> it's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Contra. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> Forgot what I was supposed to be saying there for a second. <laughs> Forgot my I- name? <laughs> No. Well, I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, one deleted minute at a time because this wasn't in the original version. But then I was like, that's too much like Star Wars minute. And then I just got distracted. And I was like, oh, I forgot to say my name. So today we're talking about minute 44 of High School Musical 2. Minute 44 starts out with Troy asking, what the heck? And ends with Ryan getting the fog. (laughs) That last thing you said makes no sense. <laughs> Getting the fog. Um, but, but it does. Troy Bolton saying what the heck makes uh, perfect sense. Hundo percent. Yes. And then because Mr. Fulton abandons him on this weird rock throne chair. Yeah. It does seem like a, re- a weird ritual is about to be performed on him. Like like get out style. Yeah. Like, yeah. It does kind of feel like that chair. <laughs> Make the movie another genre. Get out. That would totally, um, like a horror type thing. That would work. But yeah, make this movie like Troy having to hang out with the Evans family, but it's a horror movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that that YouTube that YouTube channel that does those like trailers, the, but it's a different different. Those are good. They're super good. And the SNL sketch where it's um the Wes Anderson horror movie. That one, yeah. Where um Ed Norton is pretending to be Owen Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm still having issues imagining Owen Wilson in this Haunted Mansion movie. I'm just like, am I just going to hear wow? Are they making another Haunted Mansion movie? Yeah, Danny DeVito's been cast in it. Whoa. If they don't don't bring back Wallace Shawn, I'm I'm, I'm rage quitting. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's alive. You wouldn't know if Wallace Shawn was dead. Okay. That news would not be... (laughs) Would not happen under your nose. Okay, that's fair, because I follow lots of nerd things online, so. I <laughs> I wonder how people will react when Wallace Shawn dies. Inconceivable. Um, they'll probably actually react in a really positive way, because the, like, his playwright stuff that he does is actually, like, really aware of, like, class consciousness, and he's, like, pretty good artist, despite actually basically just being, like, a rich guy who was always going to be an actor and a successful showbiz person because he had the money to be able to do it but anyway you want to talk about another person that has money and can just do things (sighs) fine (laughs) (laughs) we gotta bite the bullet here so the deleted scene is actually a deleted song that did get featured right away on the soundtrack and um eventually made it into all subsequent releases after the television release and it is called Humu Humu Nuku Nuku Apua'a. Yeah, good job. Um, Thank you. It was, um, I wanted to make sure I said that correctly, because it's an actual thing. It's a fish. Not just any fish, the state fish of Hawaii. And this song was written by David Lawrence and Faye Greenberg. David Lawrence. Are, are they Hawaiian, Kondra? Um, Tyler, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> absolutely not no no one in this this scene you were joking about the racism thing at the end of this minute and you are not joking <laughs> i just peeked um, a whole lot folks because no i was glad this i like like yeah dream 
like hallucinated that I thought this song wasn't a real thing for the longest time <laughs> because I only ever saw it on television and it wasn't there. And then I was like, dear God, what is this chaos mess? And it's like Ryan hamming it up, which I love. Like, I love Ryan's over the topness of it, but everything else about this minute I hate. Or this yeah, song. Yeah, so the, the, the song is like, uh, like a Hawaiian influenced, like tiki themed. Like not even humorous like, number. Like it's like a story. It's like the practice of using song to tell a story. Yeah, it's but like not good. It is. It is the definition of cultural appropriation. Like a hundred percent. Like like just like taking a story having no sense for the cultural practice that it's based in, c- making it completely void of any meaning. Probably. Taking a pre-existing story, we actually don't know if the the story that the song is kind of telling is a real story or not. I guess we're going to look into that for next week. Yeah, like, I really just do t- want to making dig a totally into that vapid, more. meaningless version of it. Yeah, uh, we are definitely looking into that more. Um, I did want to keep this as much of a surprise for Tyler as possible, though. So I <laughs> like told him like, don't really look into this yet, and then we'll get into it the next week, kind of thing. So we will have more research next week for you. Yeah, it's like a whole song. Sharpay is clearly just like, what if we did a Hawaiian thing and I and I wear wear, wear a Hawaiian outfit and but it's and not even I'm a, Hawaiian a princess outfit. And, and you're a mythical fish like. So Ryan right now is a narrator and there is talk of a mythical fish that is actually a prince who got transformed. Yeah. Do you want to just read the lyrics out real quick? Yeah, yeah, I'll read the first the first few lines. So, a long time ago in a land far away lived the pineapple princess Tiki. She was sweet as a peach in a pineapple way, which I do Terrible like line. that li- I I think no, that line is I hilarious. Line. <laughs> um No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she's tart. And she can kill, she's actively destroying your tongue when you consume her. <laughs> but so sad that she hardly speaky. Still, if you listen well, you'll hear her secret wish. And then Sharpay introduces herself saying, Aloha, everybody. My name is Tiki. And she wishes via song, I long to greet a truly remarkable fish, my sweet prince. To greet or free? Greet. I thought it was free. The the lyrics on the Disney wiki say greet. The caption said free. So pick your poison. I mean, does like the does the free the fish enter into the song where it's like he was tucked away in a secret cave. But Princess Tiki did her magic powers and then the cave went away and then he was free. And then they cuddled together for hours. I mean, you sang it on tune, so it might be. (laughs) I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> no, that was exactly right, Tyler. You're perfect. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's this like very fairy tale, like princess and the frog kind of thing. But yeah. So, but okay. not. <laughs> so I guess let's let's circle back a little bit. So it's a deleted scene. So they had enough sense to cut it from the movie. The first time because it wasn't plot relevant, if that means anything for this movie with no plot. It would have made sense on the DVD. Like, I have a DVD of it, of this movie. That was, re- like, it's a t- it's not a re-release. It's the original. I bought it used. It's the original release kind of thing. And it's a non-option 
you watch it with this. It's not like you go to the deleted scenes in the se- in the special features venue and get to watch this song. It is just in there. They put it back in. Yeah. So was it just to like fill the TV slot then? There's not a whole lot of content on this. Obviously, it's a TV movie. Like, uh, I don't know. There's got to be something about this. <laughs> yeah. It just, it really has, uh, the only reason I could see them actively, like, it would have made sense if it was a DVD bonus feature kind of thing, because there is costuming and, like, the bonus features does feature the, like, dance preparation for this song, the way I talked about them, like, having them for all the other songs that, like, you see them rehearsing the song. And this song, they had a harder time like getting it just based on like the few like the five minute clip of them rehearsing this song that I'm sure took like over a week yeah but like Ryan is hamming it up he like runs out with a tiki torch and is lighting tiki's across the stage and then Sharpay is just wearing like the Ariel dress from the end of the movie when her father gives her legs and it's just like the blue foam sparkly dress. Yeah, she doesn't even she doesn't have an entrance either. She just kind of walks around the side of the and it's like stage. Presumably, this is just like a dress rehearsal. To she's try like trying to show off to Troy, and she's like, "Ooh, look at what I can do! Like you have that cool song. Look at what yeah, I have." That's that's the other confusing thing because like there's a version of this where this is like, "Oh, this is her practicing for the talent show." But this is a deleted scene. Like, I'm assuming this doesn't come back later and then be like the talent show song because they're just doing the whole number now. So it's a a deleted scene. You said it was on the soundtrack. So I'm imagining people listening to the soundtrack being like, what on earth is this song? How is it in the movie? Turns out it's just like literally inserted in the movie like at a completely random moment. (laughs) So the funny thing is when I was looking up this song and just try to find anything about like where like what the exact parameters of this uh deleted scene were this song also is appears on the sharpay's fabulous adventure soundtrack (laughs) and i'm just like they really were proud of this song for some god knows reason yeah like why why are they leaning into it like you can you can just say like hey made a mistake like it's not Zack snyder's creative vision this isn't Kenny Ortega's High School Musical 2, the cut that they wouldn't let him release. Like, No, it's not. And the other thing is, like, it's obviously supposed to be a dress rehearsal because, like, Ryan gets spoken to by Sharpay that he needs to present the fog and there's, like, stagehands moving set pieces around, like, the surfboard that she's riding while she's singing. That is pretty impressive, though. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's a cool device. Like, it definitely reminded me of, like, a parade float piece a little bit. Like, I've seen that mechanism on a parade float before, I it's feel like. like. It's, like a, it's like a party game if you're at, like, a carnival. Like, it's like a carnival game where you're, like, get up, like, stand on the surfboard. It's, like, kind of like a bull riding thing. Yeah. Like, you stand on it, and then, like, if you, like, how long can you go before you fall off? But it's, like, being used as a prop for the song. So, like, take some core strength. Yeah. And Ryan is just doing this, like, weird, like, he pokes, like, a, his upper cheek like it's a dimple. 
At it's one like point, a tear, except he says it before uh, the line. He says it one line before he mentions that he's sad. Oh, that actually makes it really good then. Because I was just like, is he doing like a dumb, like, you know how like people dig their finger into a dimple like it's a pretend smile thing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's just like a weird. But if it's him being off on his, that would actually be kind of a like an interesting thing. Then I I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's if it's supposed to be like him being intentionally off on his choreography. I just think it's like a weird choreography placement that he like plants the seed of her being sad a line before he actually says that she's sad. It's just it's yeah. a weird choice. He's, like, very, I mean, Ryan's always pretty over the top, but his, like, facial expressions and this, he is playing for the back row. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's Lucas Graybeal doing, like, the best version of what his performance could be yeah. at all times. Yeah, and honestly, if he was not in this scene, it'd probably be, like, a bazillion times worse. I, I guess the context that we haven't said yet is that, like, we're supposed to understand Sharpay and Ryan to be incredibly tacky and over-the-top people. So them doing this song isn't necessarily something that we're supposed to be like, ah, yes, this is good quality musical theater. Like, we're not supposed to be fully on board, except for the part where, like, in a meta way, we are kind of supposed to be because it, we're supposed to be impressed by Ashley Tisdale singing at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We're not supposed to like support the fact that she's singing the song, but that yeah. doesn't like. And, and but I it's think, not satirical enough. It's not pointing that, anything out. Yeah, it's also like we're not supposed to be supporting this in the same way. Like that's reinforced by Troy, tr- like not wanting to be there. Like they come yeah. back to him a couple of times, and he looks and so he's uncomfortable. So and he's yeah, like, he's, "What is going on?" <laughs> and honestly, boy, same. <laughs> but. Like, if you're going to be that satirical with your, like, fake racism song, that, like, you have to, like, have a, like, it's not actually punching up at anything. It's just kind of like, what if we did the song and it was a little wacky, but it's satire. Yeah, and that's where you're also, I'm once again reminding us, we're watching a kid's movie, which kids don't get satire. (laughs) They just don't have that as a point of reference yet. And it's becoming less and less clear that we're supposed to see Sharpay as a bad person, especially in this movie. Yeah, it gets um, it's just getting harder and harder to be like, what are y'all saying? Um, So the princess is named Tiki. Now, Tiki, as far as I'm aware, is the, the term used for the like wooden carvings of human figures meant to represent gods or deities. From what I understand, yes. As well. Um, and in America, we kind of use it as a generic Hawaiian or Polynesian themed term like Tiki Torch. Yeah, but it actually stems from the Maori people. Okay. So. Is that Tia and Tamara? Make, making a joke because they sound similar, but please actually explain this specific cultural context. So the Maori people are the indigenous people of New Zealand. Okay. And they have, there's evidence shown that these indigenous peoples traveled throughout the Polynesian islands and settled and took aspects of their culture with them and it was transformed. So you see similar concepts 
in these many places, but as isolation over time, they develop them into their own. So a lot of things kind of overlap, but can all be traced back to the indigenous people of New Zealand, what is now New okay. Zealand. Um, the Maori people just like want to throw this out there in my museum studies world, like New Zealand cultural heritage has done some of the most progressive work um, globally to include and really recognize and lift up the indigenous people of the lands they colonized. It's a really cool story and like museums everywhere should be learning from that, like that country of how to do it because it's just, they do such a good job in ways that like the United States is like 10 years behind Land acknowledgement is not a new thing, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Condra, but Condra saying a really long, funny name of a fish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the joke of the song is that the chorus is just the name of the fish. Well, yeah. not even the name of the fish. Like, because technically the name of the fish just ends at Apua'a. And then yeah, this so- rest of it is something else. Yeah. I guess I don't know if those are supposed to be lyrics from a Hawaiian or other language. I, yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> um, yeah, just type in the, the words from High School Musical into Google Translate. So what you get? See, the problem, like when I was trying to look into this a little more, I just kept getting the song. <laughs> yeah. And and that's that's the, that's why we haven't quite figured out, like, if the story of like the princess and the fish, which seems like a generic folk tale fairy tale type story mm-hmm. we're not sure if that's actually from something because it's hard to look these things up when you're just looking up like a disney thing and then you get a bunch of search results for that so that's why we're actually gonna take time <laughs> next week and like really um, i'm gonna try and find this answer because it's gonna bother <laughs> me until i do so so the, yeah the other thing i just want to talk about and i don't know if you noticed it ryan is wearing this very weird baggy sweatshirt deal yeah, so when she starts singing about the fish, he puts a f- like the fish hood on, and so he has become the fish character. Yeah, and he's in like the swimming. dance, the which is weird because really- it seems like the princess wants to be in love with the fish, and Ryan's the fish, so it's another classic Ryan and Sharpay confusion mm-hmm. moment. Um, <laughs> we'll, ha- we'll have to sit on that thought, but um, I did want to bring it up now, waiting, holding it for later. I do like a fish hood, though. I wish more people had hoods that were suddenly fish. Yeah. Okay, um, Connor, I, anything else about this problematic deleted scene minute? <laughs> no, because unfortunately we have more of it, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you um, thought we... the golf scenes were bad, wait, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that we've actually had fun <laughs> in the last couple episodes Despite because otherwise everything. this would just be a drag yeah we are in our bit of the uh droid factory yeah we are in the droid factory <laughs> um so kind of what's our decom of the week segment this week so tyler i just thought we could have a good time and let's make a sequel okay a sequel to to what to what indeed to eddie's million dollar cook-off Whoa, that's a movie I've seen. I know. I tried to, I I thought it'd be fun. And the way you gave me such a nice gimme a couple weeks ago with Wrinkle in Time. That was last week. That was two weeks ago, because last week we did the Roly Polioli. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off is a decom that it already is. exists. It is. Came out, what, like 2004? I don't know. I remember it being around when I was a little kid. Yeah, probably something like that. We didn't yeah. do any research. <laughs> we just started recording. But Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off is basically a movie where there's this kid, Eddie, who... 2003, you were correct. Or real close. Is is Corbin Blue in it? I feel mm. like he might be like one of the friends. Mm, no. Okay. Um, no, Taylor Ball, who is the... Isn't we don't need to get into the cast, I guess. Okay. Um, so there's this kid, Eddie. He's like a really good baseball player. But one, but he like secretly wants to sign up for home economics class mm-hmm. at school. So he does. And he really likes to cook. And he's pretty good at it. And so he's got this like divergent path of interests. Like he can do the cooking and he can do the baseball. But his dad's his baseball coach. And he like is really hard on him. But Eddie really wants to do the cooking. And he gets into this kind of competition that kind of like, it's not, there's a line in the movies like, does the winner actually win a million dollars? And it's like, no, it's like, it's like a charity thing where they like raise a million dollars or something like that. I don't know the actual explanation, but that's like the trailer moment. It's like, does the winner actually win a million dollars? Um, yeah. But it's just called Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off <laughs> because that sounds better. Yeah. Um, the the winner of the Million Dollar Cook-Off would get him into a culinary institute. Okay. And so he has to, like, decide between cooking and baseball. Um, the movie is notorious because it has three food fights in it. That's what the, that's the other bit of marketing that I remember. Mm. Um, that thing where, with Disney um, where they overrepresented the amount that food fights would be a problem in everyone's adolescence. Because <laughs> I don't think I was ever in a food fight. I never was. When I, when I was a kid, I thought they just happened every day. <laughs> you just um, constantly had to get new clothes because your clothes were absolutely uh, ruined. Yeah. Anyway. So, so in classic high school musical mode, uh, the baseball finals and the cook-off are the same day. Yeah. And well, I think his dad comes around and supports him in the end. Whatever. Mm, there might even be a thing of. where like his team shows up to be like his assistant chefs instead of the baseball game. No, I don't know. Um. No, no. We're not here to talk about this. We're here to make a sequel. Yeah. So basically, like, he he goes to the cook-off by himself and, like, everyone else has help, but he's alone. And his team is watching him from the dugout on a portable TV. And who shows up to help him but his father leaving the baseball game. And um, they lose. But Bobby Flay, who is Eddie's idol and the judge of the the contest says that eddie should have won and eddie's team wins without him and they all celebrate bobby flay is not the problematic one that's mario batali right um both oh (laughs) both okay (laughs) well one of them was a star of fantastic mr fox previous season of this this podcast feed um but both are problematic now so (laughs) yeah bobby flay is just not 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 great so okay um, so we're doing we're doing like a we're doing a An late after. a late reboot, uh, yeah. right? It's been it's been twenty years. We're Maybe bringing he, Eddie back. So um, the other Eddie's thing I noticed, billion dollar cook off. So the brain thing explosion. I, so the thing I noticed is the person that won at the end was his cooking rival, and they are at the party together, and it seems like she's sharing the trophy with him. So do you want to go classic Disney? And despite it being wholly unrealistic, do you want them to end up together? 
enemies to lovers is that what you're saying Lovers is what i'm saying um i was assuming you meant it was like a bring it on situation where like they were rivals but then they like agreed that like the right person won won or or something like that i don't think it's implied in this in this movie that that's the case i think it's more it's the end of the wikipedia article is like and they seem to share their trophy like the trophy together like okay okay so 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 it's 20 years later Eddie is 34 or whatever, right? I think he's a little older because I think he's in like high, like uh, high school. Okay. Okay. So he's 36. Oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> he's 34. He'd be 34. He's 14 year old teenager at a high uh-huh. school. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> the distinction not, doesn't really matter. Um, so does he have his own kids? Probably. Okay. So he... He presumably didn't become a professional baseball player. He presumably went into cooking. That's what I would take from it. I mean, he seemed to find more joy in cooking and ultimately chose cooking. So it would be logical that he continued. Do we do we have a do we have a hook situation where he's forgotten his love of cooking Mm. and he needs to get back into it? Hmm. And his kids sign him up for a secret cooking competition. <laughs> Very He's like, Dad, par- what, if you just start cooking, you'll be really good at it. It'll just come back to you. <laughs> and then they eat a bunch of imaginary food <laughs> made out of fluff. Um, that's a hook reference. I don't know. I don't. So we could do that direction, or we could. It could just be more like a straight up competition movie where he's been cooking, but he like he needs the <laughs> money, so he signs up for a competition. <laughs> It's a it's a save princess, the rec center. Princess Switch. Oh yeah, also Princess Switch <laughs> is a revol- well. So is he a is he a cooking guy or a baking guy? He's a, He's a cooking, cooking guy. guy, right? All right. And here's the other thing: there there are like pre existing like cooking show cliches at this point. So is is the Bobby Flay of this movie going to be Gordon Ramsay? Is it going to be Paul Hollywood? Like well, Paul Hollywood's a baker. Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah, is it Guy Fieri? <laughs> like like who like is there a direction you want to go there? Um hmm. I feel like if I feel like the cooking competition is probably the way to go, but like a guy or like a diners who's that one? The one that does That's the That's also diner, Guy Fieri. Is that Guy Fieri that does the diners dives? No, but not that one. It was the the one about the dying diners. And like they're holding on to nothing, and the guy comes in and like rebuilds. Um, bar the- rescue. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Bar rescue. I guess is a different guy. And then there's Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. I feel like not. Not. I'm. I'm not feeling a Gordon Ramsay. All right. Would well, you want to go with Jay Kenji Lopez Alt though? Um. Who's um just a an American chef food writer who writes just like cooking books. Sure. He's like the hip guy. Okay, I don't know um, who he, he is, but sure. I think he I works watch baking at shows, so. Serious Eats. Okay, I've heard of that. I, I watch baking shows, so my, my stuff's pretty limited. <laughs> that was just like, it's just like a comedy pull because because hip hip people like Jay Kenji Lopez-Alt. Um, mm. No, we should probably do someone more famous. Do you want to, be? you don't want to do Gordon Ramsay. And let's just do Guy. Guy. Oh, so we'll just lean into Guy Fury. Yeah, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah, because Guy Fieri would do this. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, so, he would. <laughs> so it's it's Eddie's billion dollar cook-off. 
Yeah. And so they go into like a really high state. Like, what if the prospect of this, he's cooking to get his own restaurant or something like that. Like, he's been just like at home doing it forever. And his kids are like, you're so good. You could open your own restaurant. He's like, no. It seems like we have to Cobra Kai it. Actually, (laughs) there's a there's a previous episode of this podcast called Cobra Kaiification. And that's what we'll be doing. It seems like we could do that because he could be like. He loves cooking and he's really good at it, but he's lost connections with his kids because he's so focused on like the cooking and being good at the things that he's good at. Whereas his former rival has kind of lost touch with the world um, and fallen off of things. But she has a natural ability that she kind of finds a kid who needs her in her life. They get really good at cooking and it makes Eddie jealous so he's trying to force it on his kids. And what if they, it's one of his kids? Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of the, that's a very Cobra Kai way of doing it. Um, I don't know. I've never having, seen Cobra Kai. Having kid cross pollination to the other to the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, having the old rival definitely is an aspect that we could do too. And then they have to end the movie by working together. Oh, maybe he's divorced and they fall in love at the end. That's mm. so we can still do the enemies to lovers type yep. thing. And it's still Princess Switch. And it's <laughs> still <laughs> Princess Switch. <laughs> okay. So Eddie, he's uh he's not a deadbeat dad. He's a hard he's he's like a Eddie Murphy haunted mansion he's, early two thousands TV trope dad of so he's like, hardworking and doesn't have any time for his kids. Yeah. And, and his one of his kids like found a picture of him at the cook-off or whatever and it's like wow dad what's this and he's like oh i don't have time for that and the kid is asking because they are interested in cooking and they is it like the- a is it like a parent child themed cook-off and he like doesn't let the kid do any of the work so they lose and there's like no the purpose is for us to work together dad well then the then the rival isn't in the final then. Well, this is like the first act. Oh. Cook yeah. off that they lose and then the rival wins and then then they're like, "Oh man, we got to we got to learn some lessons or try to sabotage them." And then training lots of training cooking montages in the middle of the movie. They get their own sort of like big night moment where they realize that despite all their bickering, they share a love for food. <laughs> they they even watch like on in the background while they're like waiting for something to finish cooking. They're watching that new baking show on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Honestly, they they should start rebooting decoms like this. I, I feel like they they that's what I mean, they're kind of trying to do with a lot. Like they did the they Turner did, and Hooch show, and they did that so Raven TV yeah. show, and they were trying to do Lizzie McGuire, but. Yeah, and I guess they did it with High School Musical already, and that's the only one that they would have enough buy-in for. But like, I feel like the Cheetah Girls—they might have been able to pull it off too, <laughs> but they used Raven for uh, um, that. So Raven instead of the Cheetah Girls. So, uh, uh, but a Cheetah Girls like I don't know reboot where they're like all old and like have to. I'm trying to think of there's there's like a pre-existing version of this movie like get the band back together type. It's thing. their daughters. That are like so it's so it's Bill and Ted three or whatever. It's Bill and Ted three, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so they the, the cooking montage and they make it to the big finale. Are they working with the rival at this point? Yeah, I think the kids. So the the 
child of the rival and the ch- the children of Eddie. Do they fall in love too, or no? They like they're become just friends. Friends, and they're like, oh, both of our parents are really good cooks. Maybe we should like partner them together secretly and enter them into this contest. And they like they're like, why are you bringing me here, child? And just because the, so they they're think parent they're, trapping them. They're parent trapping them. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, well, I guess we're registered. Don't want to disappoint my children. And so they are like, oh, can't believe we have to work together. And then as they get into the groove, they're like, actually really, they work really well together. And then they end up winning. It's the sort of thing where they bicker a bunch and then they kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or not kiss, <laughs> but because there's no pretense for them kissing. Like, there's no re- up to that point. <laughs> But there's just like a knowing they, look. But do they? But do they do a spaghetti kiss though? Like, there's no. got to be like a, like oh no, you got some sauce on your mouth. Let me get well, that for you. <laughs> just trying no. to think of like the tackiest kiss possible. I was thinking more like it's one of those stumble kind of things, and you catch they catch the person, and then they look up, and it's all like halo-y. Like oh, your arms are so strong. It's all that stirring I do. <laughs> <laughs> I chop a lot. <laughs> uh, all right, that's all I got. All right, that's a movie. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they win, and then Guy Fieri goes, "Awesome sauce," and then it's over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we fit a hot mess this week, guys. I'm sorry. There was no baseball subplot. Can there be a baseball subplot? The Eddie's daughter wants to be on the baseball team. There okay, sure. <laughs> and and he has to like go to a game and clap for her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just lip service. I like yep. it. That's what I, I like. How we don't always try to make the movie good. Nope. <laughs> we just try to make it a are. decom. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of it. Yep. We're being okay, so we're- <laughs> realistic to the decom name. <laughs> Where can people find us on the internet? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, 2 I L E R B O U D Y. You can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us who your favorite canceled celebrity chef is. Or don't. Tell us who your favorite <laughs> non canceled celebrity chef is. <laughs> yeah. Mine's and, very and if you don't say Jay Kenji Lopez Alt, you're dead to me. Excuse me, Mary Berry. She's everyone's making okay. grandma. That well, is she the one who's also more of a cooking person than a baking person? No, she's I thought one, the queen. I thought of one baking. of them was okay. I don't know. Never mind. Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time, regrettably, for more of this BS. (laughs) You can bet on it.